If you are an environmentally minded person, you will always look for the greener alternative when possible, and often second guess the consumer choices you make. In short, you'll be asking yourself what's better for the environment plastic or paper packaging, for instance, coffee or tea, cotton or polyester. And since these questions can't always be answered with a simple Google search, especially since products are changing all the time, We've decided to create a regular What's Better segment on Living Planet that gives you answers to some of these environmental dilemmas. And we're starting with a question that I have often asked myself, but never really followed up on properly until now. What's better for the environment, e readers or paper books? Getting to the bottom of this dilemma is not going to be straightforward, and that's because there are many things that can influence a book's environmental impact. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you need to consider. So, to get some help with this quest, I turned to Courtney Ward Hunting, a senior sustainability production manager at the publisher Penguin Random House UK.、Um, so, first, I would start at the, the paper sources or the paper type that you would use. And that's generally the mill that you're using. So, what type of mill is it? Where is it based? If they're using things like renewable energy, what are their processes like? This is a good place to start because a book's main environmental cost will be the energy that goes into pulp and paper production. First, trees need to be cut down. Many publishers, including Penguin Random House, use paper that is certified as sustainable by the Forest Stewardship Council, FSC, which aims to prevent deforestation. We only use 100% FSC certified products at Penguin. The idea is that you know, we're using something which comes again and again and again. Once the trees are cut down, the wood is shredded and turned into pulp. The pulp is then bleached with chemicals before being sent to paper mills for processing. It's an energy and water intensive process. The pulp gets pressed and dried, wound into large reels of paper, and afterwards it's shipped to the printers. In the case of Penguin Random House, Courtney says more than 70% of the climate impact comes from the printers and paper mills. Then, after you've done from the paper mill to the printer, it's the printer's emissions. So, again, what processes, what types of inks, finishes are they putting onto that paper? Are they using renewable energy? Are they using any more like efficient processes other than maybe slightly older factories might do? Again, where are they based and what's the legislation in that country? You then obviously have. Transport from printer to either you know to the warehouse of us or to the customer. So again, how is that being used? Is it by air freight? Is it by truck? Is it by sea? So it's all of these different elements before it ends up into the hands of the consumers that you have to think about. So, taking its whole life cycle into account, the average paperback book has a climate impact of around one kilogram of carbon dioxide equivalent. That's the same as charging 122 smartphones or making two cafe lattes. Just a side note: when we say carbon dioxide equivalent, it means we're including not just CO2 but also other greenhouse gases like carbon monoxide and methane to give us more of a complete picture of the impact on the planet. 
And for a book, this can change depending on the book's size, whether it's a hardcover, the paper it's printed on, the inks, the glue that goes into the binding, the distance it travels to get to the customer. All this makes a difference. Courtney says the average book published by Penguin Random House UK produces 0.33 kilograms of CO2 equivalent, about the same as a cup of coffee. They've made efforts to move towards recycled paper sources and renewable energy, and so 0.3 kilograms of CO2 probably doesn't sound like much. But what if we applied that to every book published? By some estimates, more than 2.2 billion physical books are sold globally each year, and all those titles need resources to be made. Okay, so just bear with me. If we multiply 2.2 billion by 0.33 kilos of CO2, what would we get? Okay, so that comes out at around 726,000 tons of CO2 equivalent. That's about the same as providing electricity to 141,000 homes for a year, or the emissions from 161,000 cars over the course of a year. But what about e-readers? Now, working out how they affect the planet also isn't easy. There are a range of estimates out there. Mike Berners-Lee, a carbon footprinting expert at the UK's University of Lancaster, reckons an e-reader's carbon footprint is around 36 kilograms of CO2 equivalent. Others have arrived at lower numbers. For example, a Swedish study from 2011 concluded an iPad had a footprint of around 25.5 kilograms of CO2, and a Kindle. 13.3 kilograms. It'll depend on which device you use and where it's manufactured. But there's something we can say with a reasonable amount of certainty. All that stuff you need to produce paper, the trees being cut down, the energy-intensive pulping, the chemicals to treat the paper, with an e-reader you don't have those because there's no paper. E-readers also save the environmental cost of printing and shipping books. You can just download e-books to your device, and you can technically store hundreds there at the same time. Amazon's Kindle is the biggest player in the market. The company told us it wouldn't release sales data, but it said 35 million people worldwide were reading on a Kindle each month or via a Kindle app. And e-books have been growing in popularity over the last several years, especially among millennials and Gen Z. According to publishing industry figures, 191 million e-books were sold in the US in 2020. So maybe an e-reader is the way to go. Hold up. Digital devices have their own downsides. Manufacturing them is also a water and energy intensive process. Making the battery can involve the extraction of metals and minerals such as copper, lithium and cobalt. And the device itself is often made of plastic, which comes from fossil fuels. As with books, the production phase is responsible for the biggest climate impact. But it doesn't stop there. E-readers will need to use electricity to charge again and again over the course of their lifespan. And they rely on data center infrastructure to store and send e-book files. That's something you don't have with a paper book, 
no internet connection or charging necessary. Books also last much longer and can be shared by multiple people. An e-reader, on the other hand, usually lasts three to five years. Books also aren't as complicated to discard or recycle at the end of their lives. But it's true that some companies, including Amazon, have recycling programs for their devices to prevent e-waste. Still, global statistics show good old-fashioned paper books are more popular, outperforming their digital counterparts by some margin. Hmm. So what now? I must admit I'm feeling a bit stuck, like I need an umpire to step in and settle this. So I'm going to bring in someone I hope can give me a clear answer. So the short answer is it depends. Eri <laughs>、um, Amasawa is an associate professor at the University of Tokyo. It depends on how much books you read. So every say year or every month, like how many books do you read on paper, and then when you shift to Ebook? Do you think you will be reading more or less, and would you still be reading paper book or not? Eri compared the greenhouse gas emissions from reading regular books and e-readers as part of a study published in 2017. One of the finding is that one Kindle is about roughly about 15 paper books. If we're talking about say iPad, it's about 25 paper books. So, according to her research, it makes sense for the environment to use an e-reader if you read 15 or more books, or in the iPad's case, 25, over the course of the device's three-year lifetime. And those are books you would have otherwise bought new and read in paper form. If you're reading library books or giving books to others to read, then that changes the equation. In a 2022 survey by the Pew Research Center, 33% of U.S. readers said they read books in print as well as in e-book form. Just 9% of Americans said they only read e-books, while 32% said they only read print books. Eri says there's a reason for the enduring popularity of traditional books. I think there are a lot of aspects of paper books that was. Really hard to let go. One reason for that came out in one of the interviews she conducted with a woman taking part in the study.、Um, she was saying that it's not that she has any problem with e-reader, but reading books on e-reader really takes away everything that she enjoyed with paper books. Did she give、yeah. you some concrete examples there? What these aspects were that are missing? There are smells, the feel of the paper. And sense of accomplishment. <laughs>、um, that's Maybe that's one reason why, even though people were giving e-reader, it wasn't entirely like they didn't like hundred percent shift to reading just the e-book.
Okay, I feel like we're getting a little closer to an answer, but uh, the rest is up to you. If you plan to read more than 15 books in the next three years, it would be better for the environment to do that on an e-reader, like a Kindle, than to buy 15 new paper books. But if you only read a few books, the print versions might be the way to go. At the same time, tech companies and book publishers are making changes to bring down their emissions, which hopefully means the carbon footprint of books and e-readers will shrink. Amazon says its latest Kindle device is made from 100% recycled aluminium and 50% recycled plastics. And the company is planning to reach net zero across its operations by 2040. Penguin Random House UK is aiming to be carbon neutral across its global value chain by 2030. Courtney told me they're also moving away from high-carbon paper types, using more vegetable-based printing inks, and switching to rail transport in Italy and northern Germany. But whatever you decide, there are still things you can do to lower your reading footprint. If you decide on an e-reader, look after it, use it for as many years as possible, and recycle it at the end of its life to avoid e-waste. If you go for paper books, why not borrow from libraries? buy second-hand, or share books with your friends. The last word we'll give to Eri at the University of Tokyo. Make sure you buy the book that you would actually read. <laughs> so you don't just buy and then put it in a like, shelf. If you have an environment-related dilemma you'd like us to tackle, please do get in touch. Don't be shy. Just send us a voice memo with your name and location to livingplanet at dw.com. And uh, don't forget to also subscribe wherever you get your podcast and give us a positive rating or review because that really helps us reach other listeners. This episode of Living Planet was produced by Natalie Muller and me, Neil King. Our sound engineer was Gerd Georgi. Thanks for listening and sharing. <laughs>